Hey, it's Tony Bruschi. When you're not listening to this podcast, be sure to check out one of our others, like this one, The Grave Talks. Every week, I talk with individuals who've been affected quite intimately and personally by the supernatural. We hear their stories one-on-one in our conversations. In fact, here's a 15-minute preview of one of this week's two new episodes of The Grave Talks. And if you like it, just search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe. Today on The Grave Talks, High Heels and Hauntings, a conversation with Michelle Jennings and Don Martin. Sometimes curiosity gets the best of you. Sometimes after living through paranormal experiences and reflecting on them later in life, you have questions. Questions that need answers as to why and how these paranormal encounters had come to be. Michelle Jennings and Dawn Martin are two such ladies who seek these answers every time they venture out into the world of the paranormal together. Today, we hear their story on The Grave Talks. The first question I have uh, for anybody, and I'll throw this to you first, Michelle. Um, All of us who are in this world of paranormal, whether it be an investigator like yourselves uh, or someone like me who sits in a studio all day, every day talking about this stuff, we have a passion for it. And it was sparked somewhere at some point in time. Uh, Some of it's childhood, some of it's this or that. For you, when you look back as far as you can, where does your interest begin in the paranormal? Wow, that's a very good question. So, um, you know, I I started having things happen to me as a child where probably most of us have, that's where our journey began. Um, But you don't realize until you get older what happened to you back then. But I think the first experience I had was probably when I was around probably six years old. Um, My bedroom door was open in the house that we lived in. And I saw a woman come walking down the hallway in in what appeared to be like a nightgown. So as a child, you rationalize things because you don't know anything about paranormal. You don't know anything about ghosts. At least I didn't. Sure. So I get up thinking it's my mother. I didn't look anything like my mother, but as a six-year-old child, you just assume that's my mother. So I got up and I started following her down the hallway and she went into the living room and then she went into the kitchen and I'm following her and trying to talk to her. And this woman just disappeared into the wall. She just walked right into the wall and was gone. And as a child, you just, I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it. It's just a memory that I have always carried with me. Um, as I got older, I started having, uh, I would have dreams um, and then sometimes I would have dreams about someone dying. Um, and then the very next day find out that someone died. This has happened to me several times. Um, just, just different things I would pick up on when I got older into my twenties, I would go into places where probably spirits were, and I would be able to pick up on that. But again, didn't know what was going on. It wasn't until I got into probably my 30s that I realized that there are people who have these same experiences as I do, and they are paranormal investigators, and they go out to places and they investigate, and I just it just opened up a whole new door for me, and I felt like I was finally in a place with people who understood what I was going through and, and just got into the paranormal investigating. I did do it by myself. I would go to places 
just kind of do my own thing. And then I, I joined a team and then now started my own paranormal team. Interesting. When, when did you have that realization uh, as an adult, when you were kind of reflecting back on childhood and you hit that memory of the woman in the hall that was not your mother, obviously, that goes through the wall? Was it, what was that like? What was the realization moment and, and how did you, how did that go for you? It, it, it kind of, I was kind of a relief, I think, because I always wondered about it. And then I really, it was, it was aha moment, like, aha, that's, that's what's going on. Um, I think probably when I started doing my own paranormal investigating and um, being able to start pick up, picking up on spirits in places, um, and yeah, it was just like an aha moment. Yep, mm-hmm. that's what that was. And Yeah, it, it, it is interesting how perspective works like that. I, I had one similar where I had a cat that used to jump on my bed when I was a kid. <laughs> and and then after it died, I still felt the cat jumping on my bed at night. And, oh. and, and I always thought, I never thought of it as paranormal until one day I was on the, the other show, Real Ghost Stories Online, and somebody had a similar story. And it was a very much an aha moment of, oh, that wasn't just like muscle memory. That's what that was. But yeah. sometimes those you look back and those moments hit you in, in a weird way. Yeah. And it just opens up a whole new door for you. You're just, okay, so this is what's going on. This is what I yeah. have. Let me explore this. Let me, you know, let this happen. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. And it's, it's been good. I, I love doing what I do. Dreams of people dying and and you had that yeah. and then people actually die. Does yeah. this still go I, on? How do you handle that? I, you know, I haven't had it for a while because they're for, I, I kind of shut it down. I didn't want it to keep happening because it was pretty weird. Um, I think the first time it happened, I was 16 and I had a dream that, um, this girl, she was probably about maybe five years old that, um, was in our foster home. And I, I had a dream that someone called me and said that she died in a car accident, which was crazy. It freaked me out. I I got up out of bed and I just couldn't believe it. So the next morning I said, don't let her drive when she gets older. Cause I just had this horrible dream that, um, she died in a car accident. And, that same day, I got a phone call that my cousin had died that night in a car accident. Um, and then I would say probably when I was 21, I got married and I had a dream. And in my dream, I saw um, a funeral, a hearse a funeral happening in my dream. And the very next day, my husband's uh, grandfather passed away. So, My, so you, you didn't know exactly who these people were that were going to die. It's just, it was not almost, it's, until, yep, not until the next day. Okay, okay. So it was like omens of death, but but not enough to pick up the phone and say, uh, "Don't leave your home." No. Okay. <laughs> nope. Nope. And and I had it one one more time when I was um, a little bit older. My great grandmother passed away. And I dreamt that she came to see me. Um, and I knew when I woke up, I, I, I kind of knew that she had passed and I even called my mother. And then we found out that next day that my grandmother had passed and I didn't like that. I like all the other things that open up to me, but that was one that I wanted to quickly shut down. I didn't want it to do that anymore. And I, and when I did that, I have not had it happen since then. How does one shut that down? 
I just, I, I just sat there and I kind of did like a little bit of a meditation and I, I just said, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to know, please, please stop. I don't want these dreams, whatever they are called to happen anymore. And, and, and I, and I just you mentally, I don't know how to describe it. You just kind of mentally with your, your body and your mind and you just, I just shut it down. Okay. That, that's very you know interesting to try and understand how how one does something like that, especially if they don't have that ability to turn something on or turn something off, something we hear about uh, mm-hmm. quite often. Uh, Dawn uh, Martin is also joining us. She's a partner of uh, Michelle uh, in uh, your ghost adventures. Um, yeah. uh, Dawn, same question for you that I had originally. Um, how, when you look back as far as you can, where does your interest in the paranormal begin? I was actually been with my dad and my stepmom in a house in uh, Detroit. It was a pretty older part of Detroit and it was a bad part, but I didn't understand the kind of haunting we had because I was a child, but we had somebody coming up the stairs and they would get to the top of the stairs. They'd walk down our long hallway and my door was to the right. The attic was straight. And they would stop at our door and me and my sister would be so frightened. We're like, we have a gun, you know, we have a bat. We thought somebody was breaking in the house. We were just kids. Go and tell my dad, somebody's up there. And it was always 1230 every night, well, in the morning. So, and I told my dad every night, this somebody's coming up them stairs. And he kept telling me, no, there wasn't, no, there wasn't. Now I know as an adult that that was a residual haunting in that house. My aunt also had a paranormal experience in the house on the stairs. She had moved into the house with us. So I gave up my bedroom upstairs for her and her family. And I moved into a bedroom downstairs with my stepsister. She had a the fire had started in their bedroom closet from an ashtray or something, dumping it out. Mm-hmm. And she was running up the stairs and it was like hitting a brick wall in the middle of the stairs. Like she couldn't go up anymore. And somebody had told her go now. And she was like my purse. And then she seen the smoke and she just went out of the house. So, I mean, my sisters had experiences in the house it was mostly the upstairs. No, normally, you wouldn't be afraid of your upstairs, but ours was extra scary where you could go in the basement and get an uneasy feeling, but it was the top of the house for that one. And then when I um, was around 22, I had moved to a different house in Detroit, and it had some paranormal activity. I had a my son, he was two, And my cousin and his wife had moved in with me and they had a daughter that was two. And the daughter was actually, the mom had died right after her birth and the dad was my cousin and got with another woman that was raising her daughter. So it was kind of weird, but we were sitting in the house. We were having one of those horrible, horrible summers of heat and a fan come flying at Melissa, the the girl that was taking care of the baby. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, 
you know, there there had to have been something behind that. The fan was on, you know, I was making up all the excuses why. And then her baby started crying. So we went into the bedroom and her baby was already using a toddler bed where my baby was in the crib. Well, somebody had took her baby and put it in the crib, but there wasn't no... um no um, mattress okay. laid down. It was only the spring. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I remember sure. the word. Yeah, so the baby was in there crying because they took her mattress out, put it on the toddler bed. And yeah, so that house was crazy. And my current home I live in, I think because we do so many investigations, we just get a little attachment here or there. But yeah, we've, we've had our fair share of ghosts and I started um, doing my investigating really around 10, 12 years ago with my cousins. We would go to places here and there. Mm -hmm. And then Michelle and I and really all of our team, we all met at the same place. Like it was kind of weird. It brought everybody on her team together. Sure. Detroit is an interesting city um, as far as, you know, its history and, I mean, just the city itself. Um, I mean, the the state of of the city um, where, you know, obviously a massive population at one time, still very large, but, um, you know, there's just chunks of it that, you know, have definitely seen better days. Um, With that that being said, uh, just a personal opinion, do you believe like a city like Detroit that, that has seen so many things come and go and emotions that would be attached to all of that coming and going and intense, you know, excitement and joy when it was in its heyday to it falling apart in so many ways. And then as it's slowly, uh, we're seeing some rejuvenation of the city uh, in, in more recent times. But do you think that that creates an, an energy throughout that area that is attractive to ghosts or paranormal activity? Oh, absolutely. Detroit has like some really good hot spots down there for paranormal. I mean, we have a lot of original buildings down there that are sadly just decomposing, but some of them, they have their little stories about and everything. And I mean, I would love to get into a few of them, but they're privately owned and can't get in. Sure. They just won't, they won't allow people in. But I mean, um, we just took our team to a cemetery there, and it was a really cool story about it. The cemetery is called Woodmere, but the people that were brought there were actually people that were buried in this part of Detroit, and the mayor didn't want the cemetery there anymore. He had a lot of the graves moved, but people, when they knew the graves were being moved, they would go and steal the stones because they would be marble and they could use them as porch steps or they could use them on their counters. Um, They would use them in bars. So a lot of people are still buried under what's now Eastern Market. Hope you enjoyed this 15-minute preview of one of this week's two brand new episodes of The Grave Talks. To hear the rest and get new episodes every Monday and Tuesday right in your podcast feed, search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe or visit thegravetalks.com.